And now, a word from our sponsors. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Massari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 151. Welcome. again welcome to the world of Mythbits podcast you have waited ever so patiently and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because as you know we had to split the review into two parts because issue 100 was freaking gigantic uh we started working on reading the entries it's when did it release? It was about three weeks ago. <laughs> and it feels like my life has paused <laughs> for this issue. <laughs> so on one hand, I'm very excited that we finally get to address the rest of the submissions. On the other hand, I am very glad that I finally finished it. <laughs> because again, we wanted to make sure everybody got uh thoroughly paid attention to you know what I mean I wanted to take take our time to really read and appreciate every one of these submissions and entries because it is such a big deal to have the 100th issue and not that we don't do that every issue it's just every other issue is significantly smaller (laughs) in stature we are going to present to you the remaining selections uh and the review pieces but first 
I have several, several items to address. First and foremost, as you know, as you can guess, we record this a couple days before it actually airs because then it goes into post and it gets taken care of and cleaned up so that way I'm not going um, um, um every 30 seconds, every five seconds if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> Today was the first day, the first day, I think the first big day of DC fandom, which I am a huge DC fan and I'm so excited because we actually got... For all my other fellow nerds, hopefully you saw as well, we actually got to see our first glimpse of The Flash, which is set to come out in November of 2022, which I am livid over because I want it now. Uh, we also got to see the first footage of The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, uh, what else did we get? We got Black Adam. We got, I mean, there we got to see our first glimpse of Gwendolyn Christie playing Lucifer in the Sandman Netflix series, which I absolutely worship because I love Gwendolyn Christie and whoever does not love Gwendolyn Christie can, can step aside and go away. She is freaking amazing. I'm like on this like nerd high right now. <laughs> like I, these are the things that just make me happy. But yeah, the, the Batman trailer looks really cool. I love what they did with the Batman uh, score. How did you, because you sent me the trailer, so you saw it. Did you hear it? Yeah, it was pretty dope. The, the, the end, the way they they played with that sound. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was so satisfying. So I'm super stoked. Uh, the, the Flash teaser, did you see that one? No. I'll have to make you watch it when we're done. Uh, we, we got our first... It wasn't even really a glimpse glimpse because they don't because Ezra Miller jumps on screen and he's like, we don't actually have uh, a lot to show you because we're still actively filming. But we wanted to put some stuff down and uh, they were able to present a nice little clip that was kind of just like thrown together. But it was enough to to I wouldn't say satiate, but kind of give us a little nibble to see that they're actually working really hard on this. Uh, not that we doubted them, but uh, it looks so cool because we got to hear, we got to hear Michael Keaton. Uh, he narrated it and I'm just like, I, I, I was so thrilled because you all should know by now that Michael Keaton to me is the best Batman. Uh, <laughs> I love the Michael Keaton Batman. Okay. Now that I'm done nerding uh, out, I suppose we could say uh, we don't have much in way of housekeeping because not just me, <laughs> every effort being put forward at the moment is everybody's brain is centralized on Scarefare, uh, which we are just about to we are just under two weeks away from. And Mr. David K. Montoya actually sent me this really cool feature yes an actual feature from the victor valley daily press and i'm going to read it to you all because this is so cool all right so i'm going to start with the title uh frightfully busy scare fair ghost towns carnivals and more mark halloween in the high desert as written by renee ray de la cruz for the victor valley press published on october 16th 2021 and it reads as follows. Luckily, it's not that long, so bear with me. But it's so cool. 
A frightfully busy October in the high desert will bring trunk or treats, haunted houses, harvest parties, car shows, a parade, monster trucks, Halloween carnivals, and plenty of candy. Many events begin Saturday, but one of the biggest events is expected to be the horror-themed Scarefair, Psychotic Carnival of Thrills, on October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville. Presented by Jasonmon, the Scarefair, the Scarefair, <laughs> will include nearly a dozen celebrity guests, such as Joe Bob Briggs, host of the TV series The Last Drive-In, with Joe Bob Briggs on Shudder. Popular film critic, writer, and actor, and comic performer, Briggs also hosted the TNT series Monster Vision, which showcased classic and low-budget horror films. Other celebrities include composer John Massari, best known for composing the 1988 cult classic film Killer Clowns from Outer Space and composing the theme for the Ray ba Bradbury Theater. Actress, oh my gosh, I'm getting so tongue-tied. Actress Missy Sahagan, whose film credits include this year's vampire flick Appetite for Sin and the film's Toothless, and A Beautiful Place is scheduled to appear. Actress Lisa Wilcox, who also attend, is best known for her role as teen heroine Alice Johnson in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. The convention will feature musical acts, including The American Zombie, <laughs> the American Zombie, including American Zombie, a Rob Zombie tribute spook show, which will honor singer, songwriter, and filmmaker Rob Zombie, who many see as an innovator of horror metal via his solo career and work in the band White Zombie. Over 50 vendors, including myself, uh, are expected to expected at the convention, including Asylum Zone, with its oddities, curiosities, costumes and wigs, and Monster Babe Cosmetics, which will offer a horror cosmetics line that includes matte liquid lipsticks, liquid eyeliners, and mink eyelashes. Pinup Palmer and Grim Grinning Gabby, the hosts of the Talky Horror Podcast show, will be in attendance to talk about everything from scary movies to the horrors of everyday life. The convention will also offer a haunted house, trick-or-treating for kids, costume and cosplay contests, comic dealers, toys, collectibles, and more. The Scarefare will be open from 9am to 6pm on October 30th. Guests with a VIP pass will have access to all events and attractions until 9pm. That is just really cool to see that uh, we got some coverage and a little bit of press because... Again, I can't reiterate this enough. The the effort and work that has gone in behind the scenes for Scarefare has been exorbitant. You know what I mean? Like, I know my role. My role is just the graphics. And from start to finish, it's it's so much. I can't even explain, like, how much of my life <laughs> went into doing everything for Scarefare on the graphic front. And I love it. I have so much fun doing it. Like, it's genuinely one of those, like, I, I genuinely get to kind of live out my my dream doing something like this. So I can't really complain. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of work. And I know all of the effort from everybody, Dave, everybody who's doing stuff, it's so monumental. So it does, it feels kind of nice for all of that effort to kind of get get shoved at the forefront of the the local press so that's really exciting I don't know it's gonna be a big deal so if you don't already know which you should know uh you can actually go to pcehd.com and get tickets um 
Also, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to throw myself out here because I I just go to the Scarefair Instagram page, please, and look at my ringleader videos. They're so fun. I had so much fun with them. We actually recorded a bunch of new ones and um I got to have some fun with the script. So <laughs> so anticipate seeing those. Okay. You guys dealt with my ramblings, my nonsensical, excitable ramblings. And now you can take you can take the reins now while I catch my breath. Just a couple weeks away. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, I got I got all new banners, guys. I got I'm still debating if I want to cosplay or not. Like I I have the dress. I have the dress. But will it be one of those like come the morning of? Like Stephanie had had talked about it. Uh, in her most recent podcast where she was like she has to wake up you know butt crack of dawn and and get herself all vamped up you know for her role at Scarefair and I'm like do do I also want to do that like <laughs> I have to think I have to think on it so we'll see now please enjoy our audio production of Returned to Heaven by Linda M. Suave I carefully laid you upon the bed, lying down behind you. I leaned forward and placed my head next to yours. I looked out the window and saw the sky quickly darken, but I didn't mind. It matched my mood. As tears filled my vision, snowflakes began to fall. I startled when one of the nurses entered the silent room. She softly rubbed my shoulder and asked if we were ready. Slowly, I got down off the bed and placed a kiss upon your brow. Daddy and I bathed and dressed you one final time. Outside, the snow continued to fall, harder and harder with each passing second. I brushed your bangs out of your face knowing how much it annoyed you. I laid my cheek next to yours, drawing up some inner strength. I whispered, We will always love you, baby girl. With a final kiss, we walked away from the bed. The nurses watched silently as we left the unit. Minutes later, we walked out of the hospital and I stared into the snow-filled sky. It hit me then. My angel on earth had returned to heaven. All right, so last week we left off... uh, we finished up horror and we left off at action and suspense. So we're just going to jump right into it now because I thought, I genuinely thought like where we split it was going to be a good, a good point. But now after I went through the rest of the magazine, I'm like, oh crap. Uh, (laughs) So we have a lot to cover. Okay. And I have a lot of notes. I think at the end of the day, when I checked my word count, I was over... 5,000 words uh, for my review. So, and that was just the last time I checked. I have no idea what I was at, like, by the time I finished. Okay. 
So let's jump into it. And our first story in action and suspense is The End, Story 3, The Sickness by David K. Montoya. So I I did do this series like a complete disservice and I talked to Dave about it. Initially, I thought, okay, I can I can just skim through the 30 some previous chapters and parts before the review and then go back and actually like read, read, like intently read um, when I'm not in a time crunch. That did not go according to plan <laughs> um, because what Dave did <laughs> was he wrote a really good story. Um, so here's here's how it really went. It was uh, I opened the first story, uh, proceeds to start skimming, uh, read something, goes, wait, 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 what? Has to scroll back, uh, tries to skim again, then goes, uh what what <laughs> I start panicking so um I wound up starting I could I couldn't skim it I couldn't skip it I skim it I had to like actively read so unfortunately I didn't make it all the way through the whole series I I was able to kind of discern where we landed in the final part like I hate that I had to skip because I that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is like jumping into an end when you don't have all the context. So I, I have to go back and reread the story at hand. <laughs> what I know about this story. Oh boy. First of all, it kind of reminded me of um, that one film. I think it was maybe based off of a story. Um, and it was like a, a soldier. I can't remember. And hopefully somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about and can remind me what it is. It was a soldier. And he was, tell me if you remember this. He was a soldier and he was in a coma. Maybe it was a coma. Anyway, he was just a head and a torso. So the perspective, he was like wrapped up in all these bandages. And we were watching the film from his perspective as he watched like all the nurses and everybody around him because he couldn't speak. He couldn't uh, talk, like he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't move. Um, and it was a really gnarly, intense horse story and it was back in like the 40s through 60s I can't remember somebody tell me if they remember um anyway it's stuck in my mind so that that this chapter kind of reminded me of that very very slightly so when I say I thought of it it was kind of like this instantaneous fear of what it's like to have zero autonomy granted our protag it seems was a, like in an overall peaceful state but still, it was it was really terrifically written and did its job to make me, like, absolutely regret having not been able to read all the parts. So, Dave, I do sincerely apologize from the bottom of my heart. Uh, but I'm going to have to, I, I like, ultimately, I'm going to have to pause this review. And as I'm reading the rest of them, like, just continuously put my, my opinion out there. Uh, but the good news is it's not the end either. I'm like, oh, I don't want to say I talked to Dave too much about it, but I talked to Dave a little bit about it. So uh, that being said, I'll be back with this one at some point, guys, I promise. Right. What did you think? I definitely had that action hero feel, like the old Roman Nelson. Thank you very much, sir. All right, next up we have The Gandy Dancer Song by Don DeBrawl. You know the meme of the guy rubbing his hands down his face like in satisfaction? Like he's 
you know, like this guy who's yeah. going like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how this story made me feel. It's it's classic Dawn in the setting and narrative, but this take on the, like the retelling of um and and the urban like not so legend <laughs> and the lore behind a jump rope game just it it was very satisfying it was it was a satisfying read and i love the subtlety of the ending like everything is so methodical in its pacing and it was just a fantastic and interesting story that feels super believable like all like that's what Dawn does, though, like with all of her work, where she writes almost these outlandish scenarios, but you you don't doubt it at all. <laughs> like, is this is this real? Like, was this inspired by something that occurred? You know, uh. So yeah, that that was just an amazing piece, and it fed my my lore craving soul. So awesome work, Dawn. Yeah, definitely. I like how it was set up. I like the dialogue she used between the two, too. Excellent work on that. Thank you. All right, next piece. Moon of the Forgotten by Steve Carr. I feel like when you get, like, a random inheritance from someone you barely know, it's probably best to pull inspiration from that scene in Casper where they hire, hire like, all sorts of exorcists and the ghost, but, like, the literal Ghostbusters, uh, just to be sure, you know what I mean? Uh, but seriously, I thought this was a very interesting take on the trope that can, like, really often feel overdone, uh, but it's it, it, it was done in a breath of fresh air. Um, and what kind of predator was this, this Miller Hardwick, you know what I mean? Like, to refer to a sleeping woman as a gift? I, you know, like that's that's sick. That's so sick. So I I am very aware. You know what I mean? Like that's what Steve managed to do is kind of make us aware of how repugnant this character was. Uh, it was just downright disturbing. So yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable, spooky read that also did a beautiful job of laying out meticulous settings. Yeah, beautiful descriptors. Excellent work, Steve. Thank you very much, sir. Next up, The Rest is Silence by Kathleen Chamberlain. This one gave me a shudder because, like, while we're on the subject of a serial murderer, it just didn't feel detached enough to feel like a work of fiction. And I mean that as a compliment. Uh, The subject is horrifying enough and it takes great skill to represent a character like, like Mr. Eternity, who feels so real. And what I liked a lot was we didn't have to like traipse into the background of why he does the things he does which is where I think a lot of storylines and and even just storytellers they they kind of wind up losing the reality of someone like that when when we get an over over explanation um he's cocky and arrogant easy to entertain intelligent like all these check marks that are alluded to from the get-go so point is a really entertaining horrifying haunting story that i think will be quite well remembered awesome work kathleen absolutely that was pretty interesting way she set that up although one thing i'll have to say about that story is the best beatles song is blackbird thank you (laughs) yeah i got to listen to him sing it like on repeat after that (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much all right next up a different halloween part one by gabriella balcom I 
quite enjoy that Gabrielle set this up for the next part to be released for the Halloween issue uh, because I'm definitely intrigued. And in her usual flair, Gabriella did a superb job with the character of Dougal and making him just the literal worst. I think the only thing um, that I'd have to comment on with a character like Dougal, like we see characters like that all over the place. So it becomes like a bit of a caricature to the point where, you know, they're awful and you know, people like that exist, but I know Gabriella could like up the ante a bit in his delivery to keep it from sounding too stiff. I think maybe would be the right word. Um, just, just the tiny note, but otherwise I really like this piece and I have high hopes for little Eileen and Corinda to see, uh, this filth of a man get what's coming to him. Hopefully at least. <laughs> like something's coming for old Douglas there. Dougal. 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 I have Douglas. Autocorrect probably. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dougal. But yeah, excellent work. Siri, turn off autocorrect. <laughs> Thank you very much. Excellent work. All right, next up, Once Upon a Time in the Sylvan Grove by Timothy Law. Uh, what a fun foray into this realm. I loved the combat and the fight and the lore and Alivar and his wife. Like, yes, queen. <laughs> I just think this was a beautifully written action piece with a ton of intrigue and interesting characters. Something that Tim is is super super excellent at writing and creating and like concocting i want to know what his brain looks like um and again and i know that i make this comment like way way too often but it really is something super important to me there is so much ease in approaching this fantastical world because tim has this talent for making it feel not as daunting when you read fantasy there's so much lore to get into and decipher and and really dig into that's why most fantasy novels are like 800 pages <laughs> but tim does it so invitingly because he gives you just the the right amount of, of things that you need so it's not overwhelming so point is i just thought it was a really phenomenal piece thank you very much sir next up dearest monica by matthew chicono matthew k chicono uh, I thought this was a fascinating story that was both interesting, unique, and just really entertaining to read. You're immediately drawn to the characters and the familial dynamic, and I am a sucker for any kind of death culture, any kind of anything like that from around the world, from different parts of the country, from all over. What people grew up with regarding death culture like that is so fascinating to me so of course this concept like of a familiar familial watcher like guider protector foreseer <laughs> um I think that's a really interesting concept and I'm just like complete it hasn't been explored like that's a subject that I want to explore more of so I just thought it was a really cool story with so many positive aspects and I'm just blown away and so, so, so love everything about it. Awesome and excellent work. Yeah, I think that's what I find really interesting. I've never heard that before. You know, definitely. Yeah, it's super unique. Yeah, I do definitely find that unique how you're fornicating ghosts into existence. That is crazy. Excellent work <laughs> on that, sir. All right. Now we're going to jump into a science fiction 
double feature. Uh, <laughs> and our first story is A Refuge from the Thunder by Josh Poole and Travis Weltman. Wellman. I have so much to say about this one. Um, I loved this story so much. I love Josh's take on action sequences. And I love, love, love that this was like a co-authored story because it's just so entertaining. Um, it was humorous and serious. And it just like checked all those boxes of what you want from an adrenaline-based, like, futuristic wartime story. And the, oh my gosh, the line, I'm not programmed to, I'm not programmed to inflict pain unless it's consensual. Um, love, love bot 5,000. I had to stop reading just to appreciate that line. I love the dynamic between these two and just... Uh, it was just a phenomenal and delightful story that deserves major props to both Josh and Travis. And I so, 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 so look forward to whatever either one of you or both of you have to share because I will eat it all up. Like, I I love it. Aren't humans interesting? Like, whatever we need in AI fashion, that's like one of the first go-tos. It's like, you know what? We need a gigolo bot. That's, that's what's going to happen, buddy. You know, tell me, t- we need war bots some, and gigolo like, bots. Think about, like, like that's... All, think about like all those those uh, AI movies. Like, well, look at like Westworld, right? Like, I think that's just look at Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent work on that, sir. Actually, I did enjoy the adventures of the odd couple. Yeah. Thank you. I would like more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we have Roland by Jim Bates. This story had me, like, all smiley and happy. I mean, minus the impending doom of Lester. But that's beside the point. I'm just happy for Roland and Lucy, you know? And I like the simplicity of this piece. Like, that warmth that Jim knows how to perfectly instill in his work. Like, worming it and lacing it throughout all of his pieces and chapters. But this one is just where it's at. Like, it's just a cute, happy pleasant ending not for lester and if sally knows what's good for her (laughs) she'll be mindful of her manners around this too but seriously i i just enjoyed this piece and uh just an another absolute winner from jim they are in machine louvre (laughs) machine louvre right on uh excellent work on that sir thank you all right next up the twisted destiny by peggy gerber i don't know why but this one like genuinely made me a little weepy I love the direction of this story, like short, sweet, and earnest. An intimate moment of the sincerity of hope and inspiration. And that at the end of the day, we're our own biggest allies. Dang it, <laughs> like that one just, it hit me. It hit me hard in the gut, like in a beautiful way. I loved this one wholly. Just a, a really interesting idea and concept that was so brilliantly put into words with so much heart and soul poured into it just amazing excellent beautiful brilliant stunning tear evoking heart-wrenching delightful story filled with so much hope love it i'm always i always enjoy (laughs) time travel myself i really kind of wish she actually went into the time travel instead of talking about it no I liked that. This That's what made it work. I'm a man of time. But yeah, it was definitely good work on that. Thank you very much. 
All right, now we leap on over to humor. I need to come up with some new descriptors for when we move, when we shift. Uh, so we're going to leap on over to humor. Life's Greatest Mystery by Yvonne Lang. I believe this this theory 100%. The logic is sound, okay? And Yvonne has convinced me that this mystery was solved. <laughs> I really enjoyed this story, and Yvonne's voice is charming and witty and I think the concept is just a multitude of whimsy and humor like across the board and again it's posed like super convincingly <laughs> I think it could even be fun to imagine the the journals that our protagonist will write in the future I'm just I'm picturing these like gigantic journals about the mystery of sock disappearances and the sound like the sound studies of the land in which they've gone. You know, I, I picture that very easily. <laughs> Point being, this one really lets you play with your imagination. And I think that is a phenom in and of itself. Amazing work, Yvonne. Thank you very much. Next up, we have 10001 in Binary by Timothy Law. Yes, I love this follow-up. Love the gremlins have the seemingly made allies of Stephanie and David. I love everything about this as a perf as like it's a perfect closing to the the story section of the 100th issue. You know what I mean? I was heaving laughing and just yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. It was a perfect perfect closing for the section. So fantastic work, Tim. Excellent work on that, sir. Thank you. All right. Now we jump, we jump, skip, hop, move, dance, twirl to poetry. <laughs> and our first poem is In the World of Myth and Tales by Molly E. Hamilton. Absolutely phenomenal work from Molly. A gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous tribute to those storytellers before us and I think Molly does such a magnificent job at being able to really hone in on the idea of the reality behind fiction that we like, we oft forget. We we write what we know and those from days past did the same because ultimately in fiction, are we not pursuing the idea of understanding that which is more difficult to understand, uh, whether it be the sun or like social stigmas or death or heaven or hell, whatever. Every storyteller is seeking to better understand things and ultimately the legacy it leaves in that understanding. I think I could go on and on about everything Molly's poem contains. Uh, but my goodness, Molly, what a phenomenal piece. Absolutely magnificent. Yeah, it's a nice tight little poem on value of myth right there. Thank you very much. All right, next up. Cancer is a four-letter word by Peggy Gerber. Uh, dear Peggy... You accomplished your goal. You wrote about the bigger world extending outside of the the world of cancer. And it it hits hard in the gut. And it's it's a funny thing, you know, because sorry, I have to make it about me for a second. Um, you know, I had cancer and I had a scare this year. And it's funny because like people always ask me when I was because I was a kid when I was diagnosed, how'd you do it? How how did you cope? And it's it's not that hard to cope like once you know what's happening it's not that hard to cope the the unknowingness is what's hard to cope with but it's you know the way I looked at it is what other options do I have 
either I do or I don't. You know what I mean? Um, and though for those around us, that's an entirely different story. You know, like, I guess it's a poor analogy. Um, I can cut my hair, but I'm not the one who's looking at it. Obviously, those around me are the ones who are seeing the haircut more than I, I do. So you see the the subtle differences, the the changes, the things that are like outside our realm to adjust or fix or, you know, comfort. So anyway, uh, I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful way that Peggy captured that emotion, um, you know, both the joys and the sadness of life in such a tumultuous and painful time. So beautiful work, Peggy. Beautiful. And here are some extended positive thoughts. I'm sorry you must endure this challenging time. Thank you very much. All right, next up, The Dark One's Tear by Jeff R. Young. Sorry, the nerd in me at the end had to give pause and think back to... uh, you're you're gonna laugh at me uh the devil may cry game series which i mean like this this piece actually really fits with the storyline of the games uh but i don't think that was jeff's intention just me being a nerd so i am terribly sorry jeff uh my my little nerdgasm aside i i think this is a beautiful concept regarding the struggle of those like those inner demons you know take it take it on one hand and it's clearly about understanding you have more control than you know. Sometimes I always use that like as a mantra, especially in the, the throes of a mental health crisis. Uh, but on the other hand, we could really delve into the depravity, depravity of of the sentiment. You know, like point is, this is an excellent piece that really drives home multiple points and incites its readers to think and feel the depth of the work. Awesome, amazing work, Jeff. Absolutely. Another beautiful poem, sir. Thank you very much. Next up, Druid by Christopher Bice. I like in the comments, because since we, we we gave the magazine a little bit of room, since we uh, review like since we started the review, <laughs> uh, so comments have accumulated. So I like in the comments, um, a Lana writes, there's a story waiting to be told, and I totally concur. I think there's a lot to these fables and lore, like understanding and misunderstanding of the druids and their relationship to Stonehenge. Um, so while this is an impeccable poem, I do think this would make for a phenomenal fictitious story. But Chris's work always makes me want to explore more. So uh, I may be a little biased. A phenomenally fascinating piece, sir. Interesting. Thank you very much. Next up, Lots of Luck by Scott Thomas Outler. Maybe my take on this piece is completely misguided. So if that's the case, Scott, my sincerest apologies and you are more than welcome to correct me. But the way I felt while reading this was that there was like a a bleakness, a want, a want to escape the world in its current state to like disappear or be reminded, I don't know, that we're not alone and I think that's a strong yearning that we can't often put into words. Uh, but that's what I felt while reading this piece. And for me, it was just a marvel. So excellent work, Scott. Thank you very much. Next up, Body, Mind, and Soul by Mahela Melnick. Uh, this was a magnificent read. 
the last line, it made me go back to read it like several times because once you realize there's so much more to its meaning. And of course, my dumb brain started thinking of Westworld. We also just talked about it, uh, which turns this piece kind of on its head. But again, I digress in my take on this piece. I just really love the way Mahala like toyed with her audience in this piece, giving us a minute to take it all in one way of understanding the the piece and then just gave it an entirely new breath of life. Just a really, really beautiful concept. Puma's noise. <laughs> uh, excellent work on that. Thank you very much. All right. Next up. Goodbye, Troy by Sultana Raza. Again, uh, Sultana's work always inspires me to go back and read up like on her subjects. And I'm never unimpressed with her uh, devotion to the subject. You know, this perspective from Cassandra elicits a lot of, uh, I can't think of the right word. Um, it elicits a combination of like empathy and dread all at once. What would that be? I don't know, but it was terrific work. Yeah, it's definitely interesting though. In this poem, it's outlined that war is a game of the gods' will. I find that very interesting. Excellent work on that. Thank you. All right, next up, Nebulous by Kate McDonald. This is a piece that made me feel very specific feelings. There was a sense of, of comfort in this piece by Kate, something that was familiar and warm. Like when I was little and I couldn't sleep, I would imagine myself as, as Nemo in Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. Do you remember that movie? Mm-mm. So just, I would picture myself like on a bed flying through the clouds and usually it worked to put me to sleep. So for me, I know that wasn't Kate's intention, but for me, there's like this calm that just held me throughout the poem. So beautiful week work, Kate. Thank you very much. All right. The Chain of Days by Linda Imbler. As always, Linda has a way of capturing something so meticulously and beautifully about subjects we don't always want to or need to talk about. Um, the way I understand this piece is is a testament to the dead making way for life on Earth. Though those on Earth live in this everlasting cycle of honoring the dead. So maybe I'm wrong. I probably am. But Linda's writing always kind of inspires such curiosity and intrigue that you can't help but feel anything beyond the want of understanding so beautiful work linda thank you very much all right next up somewhere beyond moon by kathleen chamberlain uh wow just an abundant stream of wow from me this piece is so beautifully written with such a gorgeous string of imagery and tone that just I know it's macabre <laughs> and haunting and even even grisly to an extent, but there is something that's so pleasant about Kathleen's work in this piece that makes its reader like step back in appreciation for that beauty. Beauty, <laughs> absolutely a stunning, phenomenal piece that just paints such a magnificent picture. Uh, yes, ma'am, it's the oldest grind imaginable. Thank you very much. All right, next up. Alphabetical Evil by Kevin Adams. So before we start uh, recording, <laughs> we tend to do vocal exercises, including tongue twisters. And I think this should be the new one we do prior because I couldn't help but read this one out loud because it was so fun. Also, having been working on all like the scare, like I said, all the scare fair graphics, uh, having to conceptualize tantalize tantalizing taglines. 
uh, I should have just gotten a hold of Kevin for help because <laughs> these are so interesting and horrifically whimsical. I really like this piece. And whoever voted this thing the way they did, pff, it was a fun piece. Shut up. I really enjoyed it. Should be renamed the Alphabetical Delights. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> All right, next up. An Enchanted Moment from Be Like Autumn by Paul Paul Markowitz. I think I said that right. Did I say it right? I hope I said it right. Okay. I personally love bees. So, <laughs> and homage to bees made me very happy. I think there's an interesting tone to Paul's work, this like sing-song whimsy blended with this almost dreamlike state, if that makes sense. Uh, it made me feel, made me feel a little distant, but not in a bad way. I don't know how to explain it, but I can only try to explain how it made me feel. I, I love the tone and the rhythm of this piece, so I thought it was great. And it just made me want to pretend I was Rita Farr and Doom Patrol and scream, My bees! Absolutely. I definitely enjoy the appreciation for unsung bee heroes. Thank you very much, sir. All right, next up. The Great Blue Leviathan by John W. Flukinger. I am biased with John's work because I always love the way he orchestrates his, his pieces. So, of course, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, regaling the events of the crudeness of the ocean, oceanic depths, uh, exploring it and giving us a very dark, sinister poem. I personally think it's an exceptional take with strong imagery and a pleasant take on the fact that we are nothing, absolutely nothing, Compared to those unknown depths. Excellent work, John. Another drag on the sea slurps. There's soup. Bloop. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. There's a tongue twister. All right, next up, Turning by Melissa Small. I like the simplicity of this piece. Like, I keep saying how time feels like it has no meaning since the onset of COVID. We, we know that time has passed and we feel it and we see it. How Like, how many birthdays have come or gone, or how many birthdays have, unfortunately not, you know, come or gone. Um, and yet, as Melissa puts it, the world just keeps turning. So, of course, like, on a personal level, I feel like Melissa really enveloped the ideas of how nonsensical time has felt as of late. I really like this piece and think she did a wonderful job in presenting this notion. So, of course, it, it doesn't have to have, like, my, my, I know my, my take on it is a little bleak. So, I don't think it has to be construed as such. I think it can be that while the world keeps turning, we keep progressing. So, I think there's the also hopeful side of it. So, great work. Thank you very much. Next up, Broken by Stephanie J. Bardi. So, I think with this piece, it's easy to feel it. No pun intended. And I am sickeningly sorry, Stephanie. Uh, stab. It's a hard thing trying to rebuild after we reach a point where we feel so broken or fractured, you know, where we have to revisit those old wounds. What can we rebuild from them? The lessons learned or the shame they wrought, but, but not even like the old wounds, uh, but the joyous memories. What happens when those feel weakened and splintered what about when the two have collided point is this one made me sit back and think on it and myself and for that wowza excellent work stuff absolutely beautifully written thank you very much next up 
Life Six by Kevin Magnus. Uh, this one is an interesting piece that can be construed several ways, I think. There is certainly a bitterness that I think most everyone can relate to in some extent. I know for me it hit a little hard. Um, you know, living in the area we do. I mean, I don't I don't want to get too personal, but it can be scary to have any kind of differing opinion without fear of being like physically threatened. Uh anyway, scary times indeed. And for sure a painfully bleak piece that just kind of hurts to think on. Absolutely. <laughs> so interesting work indeed, Mr. Magnus. Can't believe you sheeple though. <laughs> Excellent work on that, sir. All right, next up, we are going to move over to art. And our first piece, it's me. You had to hear my ex- exclamation point. By Zoe M. Montoya. You gotta, we gotta raise, you gotta raise that it's head voice. It's me. <laughs> me. Go, go. From the bottom up. It's me. There by Zoe fuck. M. Montoya. I did it. See, you did it already. I guess. <laughs> All right, cute. I love the style, the aesthetic, the the anatomical choices, and I love the eyelashes to death and the little fangs, little fangs, and the ball-jointed doll facets. Just super cute and well-plotted, Zoe. Awesome work. That's very nice start on the human-like scales with the moving joints. Excellent work on that. All right. Next up, The Hand That Feeds Itself by Talia McMullen. Uh, sorry, you're gonna have to listen to me fawn over this palette because holy crap, it is gorgeous. Probably a combination that has to be one of my favorites. And to use such soothing, like peaceful colors in such a disturbing piece, phenomenal. And the perspective, yes, please, absolutely terrific. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. I like the colors on that one. Thank you very much. All right, next up. Born to Rule by Rebecca Illich. Someone in the comments posted that the choker is a standout, and they're absolutely right. Your eyes immediately go to it. Drawing drawing gold patina patina is, it can be tricky uh, without getting convoluted. (laughs) And the subtleties of the warm hue and the highlights, it's definitely super, super strong, smart decisions. And I just really like the choices that Rebecca made in this piece. It's a super, it's, it's super easy to overly work a piece, especially with the finer details like the scars or the wounds and even hair. Oh my gosh. And I think a lot of digital artists like to go in with like a million colors for hair only realizing you just need a small batch. So that pearlescence, like, it really translates. So, great work. Excellent work on that. Thank you. All right. The Batman Who Laughs by Vincent May. Uh, I saw Vince post this piece on his socials (laughs) at some point, and it's probably one of my favorite pieces of his. Everything about it is just perfection. Every time I see it or, like, any rendition of The Batman Who Laughs, Oh my gosh, there there are so many ways it could go wrong, but Vincent made everything just perfect. Uh, and those teeth, oh my gosh, another thing that artists tend to overwork or or overdraw are teeth and gums. Vince perfectly approached those 
chompers and they're just stunning and creepy and oh i can't stop fawning over this one perfect 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 yeah definitely he delivers in vincent fashion with coming in clutch on the quality thank you very much sir all right next up hell to pay by eric rivera it's funny because like whenever i need to think about cross hatching i always look at how eric approaches it because he is so good at it and it's it's always so clean and meticulous oh my gosh and yes give me some marble pieces uh, this is just another one that like really accentuates all those phenomenal details that go into inking and Eric never disappoints. So from the nails to the bricks to the again teeth and the, to the trash can, the freaking trash can. Everything is amazing. Brilliant work. Absolutely. And then also in classic Eric fashion is another detailed piece. My man always delivers. Thank you very much, sir. And next up we have Prodigal Son by Ed Bickford. Another illustrator who just never fails to blow me away. Um, that palette, magnificent. Those details, perfect. The hair, gorgeous. The suits, amazing. Ed's work is another whose work gets, like, I, I want to get really up close and personal with. Like, I just want to spoil myself uh, with those super detailed, well-thought-out parts that make up the whole of his pieces. Uh, any criticism is this. I just wish it were bigger. You know what I mean? Like just a huge file size. Like use up the whole magazine's bandwidth like to upload it. I want to sink, sink my teeth into all the finer details is what I'm getting into. Absolutely amazing work. Super nice. Thank you very much, sir. And next up, Fawn. The Fawn. Fawn. The Fawn by Jenna Sparks. Me. I'm not going to review my own work. What would you say about it? That is one of my favorite pieces I've ever done in the my entire life. Plaque version. I yeah. When I originally did the fawn, he was on a plaque that Joe had cut out beautifully, perfectly, uh, to the size, and uh, it's my favorite piece that I've ever done. And um, yeah. Well, the, the original sold, right? The original sold. Right. It was um. It it was fought over. It was fought over. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's my favorite piece ever because lose, bud. it elicits the greatest joy in my entire life. I don't have kids. So I think even if I had kids, I would probably still consider that one of the happiest moments of my life. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Jenna Jr. We're going to have to let you go hungry. <laughs> now we are on to the reviews. The first one, we have the interview with Jaden William Montoya by C.J. Winter. In this, in this interview, they talk the magazine and video games, touch on PCE, and new games coming out. If you are interested with that, go give it a look-see in the review section. Next up, we have Mythmaster The Hiatus. Mythmaster writes up a letter for his break from the magazine. Go give that a read over if you're interested in his hiatus status. After that, we have the movie review of High Tension by our own Jenna Sparks. I remember the soundtrack for that, but I don't recall the movie, except a young lady was on the run from someone trying to kill her. So, if you are interested in the full breakdown Jenna gives, and I think you gave that one a three yum-yum. Is that correct? <laughs> three yum-yum. Yeah. That's a three yum-yum-yum. So, if you're interested in that, go ahead and go give that a look-see over. See what she has to say about that movie. 
After that, we have the book review of Stephen King's The Shining by Misha Chevalier. Please correct me. I think she has a French last name. Please correct me on that. Chevalier, thank you. She gives a detailed report of what the book is about. Red Rum. If you are interested on that review, go ahead and get a see a look see over there. See what Misha has to say. The old SK. After that, we have the video game review of Kirby's Epic Yarn for the Wii by Mr. David Kay. Gives a detailed report of the game and what it is in store for those who wish to play with the puff. Go be that look-see over if you are into video games and want to see what he's got on about after that. After that, we have the art review. The Art of Then and Now by Stephanie J. Barty. She reviews the past issues of art within the magazine issues. Spoiler alert on that review. She loves them all. After that, we have the commentary by founder David K. Montoya. Gives a rundown on the roots of the magazine and thanks everyone involved. But most importantly, the contributors and contributions... If you're interested in the full rundown of my little brief summary right there, please go give that a read over. After that, we have the board minutes, where you can go and see what we get on to and talk about at the round table or square table. It still has not been decided, though last meeting was kind of teeny tiny. My image was not present, but my <laughs> S was. Uh, so if you're interested in that, go ahead and give a give a see a look see over all those board minutes. Although I think that one was a full house. I can't remember. You were very patient and kind with us, and we genuinely appreciate you waiting for the second part of the review. That we genuinely kind of did okay in splitting in half. We're not that far. So yeah, again, this was a huge, 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 huge issue, and I don't expect next month's to be a two-parter, but I don't know, maybe it will be. <laughs> Until next time, you can find us at theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits podcast and the world of myth magazine and on instagram at the world of myth bits don't forget to get your tickets for scarefare at pcehd.com thanks for listening until next time mm -hmm.